The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Masarowski. Two more incidents involving asylum seekers in Cheektowaga and Amherst that resulted in arrests. Cheektowaga police arrested 27-year-old Gustavo Diaz Cavarjal for throwing rocks at the Luna Lounge on Dingen Street early Saturday after he was denied entry. The incident caused $12,000 in damage. In Amherst, police say a migrant living in a hotel was involved in a fight now faces charges Sunday evening around 6.30. Police responded to the Red Roof Inn on Flint Road for a fight. Officers arriving at the scene determined one of the people involved tried to use a roofing nail during that fight. Police arrested a 35-year-old man who was residing at the hotel, charged him with attempted assault, menacing, and criminal possession of a weapon. A judge yesterday upheld a temporary restraining order sought by the town of Cheektowaga to keep hotels there from accepting any more migrants. The town argued that the hotels have exceeded their authorized use, operating as shelters, which would be against zoning code. State Supreme Court Justice Emilio Kaliakovo said an eviction ruling could happen if he is convinced the safety of the surrounding public is at risk. Well, the question of who is and should be making decisions over migrants still looms large over the issue. WBEN's Max Ferry spoke about all the shuffling happening in western New York with Congressman Brian Higgins. For months, the hotels in the town of Cheektowaga have been the temporary residence for hundreds of migrants in Erie County. Now, some migrants are being moved to other parts of the county following a series of events that are forcing them to vacate to other surrounding hotels. We have organizations in Buffalo and Western New York that have been doing refugee resettlement and immigrant uh, resettlement for over 100 years. It's inhumane to take on more than you can handle because these individuals have to be cared for, uh, including housing. And you're seeing a situation now where they're being moved around, and I don't know if it's with their consent or not, but uh, that's that's a little bit of a problem. Congressman Brian Higgins. Migrants are being moved out of a Dingen Street hotel given a migrant sexual assault a few weeks ago. Migrants are being moved out of Buffalo State University following an announcement that the university will no longer house them. And now the county will have to place migrants that were being housed at a hotel on Genesee Street following a broken sprinkler flooding the hotel on Sunday. WBEN also found out on Sunday that 52 migrant children and their parents are checking into the Red Roof Inn in Amherst, temporarily solving a part of one of the issues arising upon the arrival of migrants from New York City. Erie County has since temporarily halted more migrants from coming. Congressman Higgins thinks more coordination and communication between our local and state government is needed, but he's also thinking big picture. Local communities in the state of New York have to bear the uh, financial responsibility for taking care of these people, and the federal government should step up. Uh, they should expedite the ability to allow these immigrants to, uh, to work. There's a lot of work that needs to be done throughout the entire state of New York, and there are individuals that want to work, but there's this delay. So there's a lot of blame to, to, to be assigned, but the most important thing is uh, that we try to get this issue resolved as quickly as possible. Another big picture idea Higgins mentions is comprehensive immigration reform. Hear the full remarks at WBEN.com. This is Max Ferry for WBEN.com News. In addition to a flooded hotel from a broken sprinkler on Sunday, there was an incident at the Quality Inn on Genesee Street on Monday. The hotel had to be evacuated briefly after smoke alarms were going off. It was determined that individuals were cooking in their rooms with devices not permitted under Cheektowaga Town Code. WBEN Newstime is 506. 
The Bills and Sabres set to operate as separate entities after an abrupt announcement from owner Terry Pagula dissolved their parent company, Pagula Sports and Entertainment. The move to dissolve PSC, according to a team statement, will allow each of the teams to focus singularly on their efforts. The decision comes not long after former executive vice president and COO Ron Rakuya, who oversaw operations of both franchises, was dismissed by the team. Pagula also appointed himself as Sabres president, a title he now has with both teams, that title previously held by his wife, Kim. We're asking on WBEN.com our web poll question on the Bills and Sabres operating as separate entities. Do you give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down? So far this morning, 85% give it a thumbs up. You can check in on the right side of our page at WBEN.com. All classes canceled today at UNC and Chapel Hill after Monday's deadly shooting at the university. Lionel Moyes reports a faculty member was killed, prompting an hours-long lockdown of the campus. One student survived a shooting in high school only to experience another one as a college junior. I guess I've grown a lot of resilience. A nearby grade school also put on lockdown. The last thing that I was kind of hoping to feel on the first day of my kids' school. The university's chancellor mourning the loss of the faculty member, saying this shooting damages the trust and safety that we so often take for granted on our campus. We will work to rebuild that trust and safety. Police at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill say the suspected shooter is in custody. Gas prices are down a bit after weeks of increases, but it's probably short-lived. It may be a quick decline, but the Energy Department is reporting in the past week the average price of regular unleaded nationwide went down about six cents to three eighty-one a gallon, mostly because wholesale gas prices went down. But analysts say that's about to change between hurricanes in the Gulf of Mexico, refinery issues, and Labor Day travel demand. Prices are likely going to be heading right back up. Alex Stone, EBC News. Now, around here, the average price this morning, three eighty-seven a gallon, down a penny from last week. So not that much change. Not at much all. relief not in terms of gas prices here. Well, Hawaii Electric is denying accusations of a cover-up as Maui's deadly wildfires are being investigated. Maui County claiming that the utility company hastily removed power lines and utility poles from those sites before federal investigators arrived to examine and collect that evidence, power lines and and utility poles that, that might have been critical to that federal investigation. The Washington Post reporting that the utility company may have violated federal guidelines on on how to preserve evidence and, and how to remove that sort of equipment in their in their sort of haste to clear the area. Hawaiian Electric blaming Maui County, saying that they failed to secure the area after the wildfires. Amazon is raising minimums for free shipping. If you're not paying for an Amazon Prime membership, you'll have to spend more to get free shipping. The company is testing raising the minimum spend from $25 to $35 in order to qualify for no-cost delivery. The change does not affect customers who are already paying for a Prime membership, which can run you $14.99 a month or $139 a year. Amazon has been cutting costs across its business. This year, it scrapped free grocery delivery for Prime members on orders under $150. Lionel Moyes, ABC News, New York. All right. Uh, raising the fees for free shipping, which I feel like I've noticed anywhere. The idea that, oh, spend this amount and you get free shipping. Right. I don't think I've had that 
I it's been years. I feel it's it's been so long. It used to be like twenty dollars or something. You know, spend right. fifteen and uh, shipping yeah. is on us. Now it's like thirty five. Thirty five at least. Yeah. maybe fifty right. in uh, some spots. So unless you're paying for it some other way, uh, uh-uh. uh, free shipping <sighs> out the window. Right. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. Partly to mostly sunny today. Temperatures this afternoon in the mid to upper 70s. Tonight, clouds on the increase with some showers rolling through. Much cooler on Wednesday as temperatures hold in the 60s with a few showers to start your day. Back to near 70 on Thursday. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. Joining us on the line, Rosanna Berardi of Berardi Immigration Law. We're talking about the asylum seeker and migrants and more here in western New York and what exactly happens. Rosanna, thanks so much for joining us this morning. I think there's a lot of uh, interest, confusion uh, for sure, over what happens to migrants who are in these hotels, Cheektowaga and Amherst, when they are arrested. We've had now multiple instances of this happening, two more just in recent days, one in Cheektowaga, another in Amherst. And when you're not a you know, citizen of the U.S., what happens? How is it different than if somebody else were to be arrested in the same manner? Well, good morning. Thanks for having me. There's a lot of confusion here because it's as clear as mud. So let me walk you through how it actually works. So if you are an asylum seeker or migrant, and let's say you're in one of the hotels in Chichawaga and you get arrested for some type of criminal offense, you're going to go through the regular criminal system. That is, you're going to be arrested by Chichawaga police. You're going to be referred to the Erie County District Attorney's Office. You're going to be prosecuted like anyone would in the United States, regardless of your immigration status. But where it gets complicated for migrants or asylum seekers is that there is also an immigration component added to that problem. So in addition to seeking and going through the entire criminal process, once that's done, then the individual would be referred to immigration court and an immigration judge would determine whether that person has done something serious enough to be removed or deported from the United States. So unlike a U.S. citizen where you would face your criminal charges, you do your time, and you're free. Um, when you're a non-citizen, there's an immigration component to it. Is any criminal charge enough to possibly derail their chance for asylum? Um, no. So, so like anything under the, the New York State Penal Code, the immigration law is um, pretty similar in that it categorizes offenses by seriousness. So, Let's say a, a person staying in a hotel gets arrested for petty theft or speeding or a, a DUI. That's it's going to take. That's going to be taken into effect when the asylum application is reviewed. However, is it a deal breaker? No. Now, a deal breaker is something like a really serious offense. You know, rape, um, felony theft, felony drug trafficking. Any of the really serious, serious offenses. Those are going to have significant consequences on someone's asylum application. So we're looking at this as one issue. Another issue is what was playing out in a courtroom yesterday in Cheektowaga, and that is the town of Cheektowaga arguing that these hotels are operating as homeless shelters, basically, instead of hotels in violation of a zoning code. They're trying to use that 
uh, to keep hotels from accepting any more migrants. A judge yesterday said there could be an eviction ruling if they do enough to prove that the safety of uh, people who are surrounding those hotels is at risk. What do you see happening here? Is this a similar argument what the town of Chituaga is saying that other municipalities could potentially do? Yes, that's super interesting and actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, look, these hotels are not being used for two weeks. Um, the, the affirmative asylum process in which I would imagine most people being held in, in Chictawaga have pursued is lengthy. We're talking years, okay? So the hotel isn't being used in the manner in which it's been prescribed to. Um, you know, short stays. This could be months and months and months. So that argument, pretty interesting. I think you're going to see this with other municipalities. I mean, the reason that migrants are in western New York is because New York City ran out of places to put them. And you have to know there is no shortage of hotels in New York City. Um, So I, I think this is a pretty interesting legal argument that may have some tooth to it. And again, this keeps going back to the same problem. This is, a, this is a case of hot potato where we see the federal government passing it down to the state, to the county, to the local municipalities where something's got to be done at a, at a higher level so that we can solve these issues and not spend all this time and resources and compromise people's health and safety, both in the community and as the migrants, um, you know, during all of this. And knowing that there are now about 570 migrants from New York City that are here, will the asylum hearings be held here in Western New York, or will they have to go back to New York City for that? So um, that's a great question. And the asylum process is really long and arduous. I mean, if you can imagine anything under the federal government takes a, a long time to happen. So it really depends where the application was initially filed. Um, If it was filed in downstate or filed here in western New York, the individuals don't go immediately to court. There is a layer of federal government called United States Citizenship and Immigration Services who will initially look at that asylum application. And there are eight offices throughout the United States, and there are traveling asylum officers, if you will, that will go to municipalities and go to areas where there are concentration of applications and look at the applications and make a decision. Now, ultimately, if that decision is no, you don't qualify for political asylum, then it goes to the immigration judge. And that venue is determined on where you live. So it's hard to say if we're going to see these cases here in Buffalo because the migrants initially, they didn't cross the Canadian border. They didn't initially come to Buffalo. So my suspicion is the applications were filed downstate and who knows, but you can do things in court or you can do things with the federal government to request a change of venue. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do to move the case and not the person, which is probably something we'd see here. So that's something we've heard a lot, right? It's a long process. What then might the outlook be for all of these people who are staying in hotels? Are they going to be in a hotel on Flint Road indefinitely um, for a year? Uh, what what could be said about that? So the waiting process really relates to um, the ability for the asylum applicant to work in the United States. 
So upon entering the United States, you have to file for asylum within a year of getting here. Most people do it immediately. And then you have to wait 150 days to even apply for work authorization. So you have to wait those five months. Then your application for work authorization goes in, and it can take six to 12 months for an approval. Now, the reason that that's important is that in, the, in that interim, no one can work. So they can't live in apartments. They have to live in these facilities, if you will. Once work authorization is issued, what normally happens is um, the migrants will transition to their own apartment or, you know, with another family or what have you. But the horizon on this is so long. I mean, we're talking a year plus, right, um, that we're going to see this. This isn't going to end anytime soon. And the processing times are just abysmal. I mean, the the number of people in the system, you know, has tripled in the last few years, and the government just can't keep up. And as a result, you've got a lot of people sitting around with the inability to work, the inability to do anything, and that's what causes a lot of problems. It's not a good idea to have, you know, people sitting around under one roof doing nothing. And, and potentially that could be 18 months. Easily, easily. Rosanna, thank you for joining us this morning. Rosanna Berardi of Berardi Immigration Law. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning. Produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.